your Division II champions, Grand Valley State. It's the Ankara Podcast, presented by the Grand Valley Sports Network. Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Up Podcast. It's all brought to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GBSU Athletics, your health, our passion. Today is Thursday, May 6th, and we have a very special guest joining us a little bit later on in the show, fresh off of helping her team qualify for the national tournament. Katie Chipman of GBSU Women's Golf will join us, get to know her a little bit, her fun career, such an understated young lady, really, really talented golfer, very, very humble, very fun to talk to. We think you'll enjoy that conversation. My name is Jake Levy, joined as always by Tim Knott. And Tim, you were following that golf tournament very closely this week at regionals, and they, uh, they pulled it out for a third-place finish to qualify. So let's start there. Congratulations to the women's golf team advancing to the Nationals. Well, I can't imagine what, what it was uh, like for Coach Rebecca because I was – Ner- it was nerve-wracking watching the scores because they had some tough holes, hole number nine. Uh, you saw some scores. You're like, oh, no. And then you talk to Rebecca, and you, she goes, yeah, it's, it's, it's protected by water in front. There's, there's water in the side. It's a, it's a long, drawn-out green, not much width to it. You know, so f- scores were inflated there a little bit. And then as, as you see it coming in, Missouri-St. Louis kind of made a they, – they struggled to begin with, and then they made a little run. And the Lakers started off strong and then had a tough stretch in the middle. And all of a sudden, it, you know, it came – the top three teams were advancing. Um, so f- finishing fourth does you no good. No and, good. Uh, and, but the Lakers kept, get, kept, it, kept it together, rather. Uh, Katie Shipman, and that's just – you can't say enough about her career. I mean, what an outstanding career. She's had four-time GLIAC Player of the Year, three-time medalist for the GLIAC Championships, f- uh, going for her uh, third All-American honor. So uh, Katie really played well down the stretch, kind of held the team together, and uh, they're going to the NCAA championships for the 17th time since 2002. You know, one of the fun things for us, Tim, is getting to see the growth of our student-athletes over the course of their career. And I think what Katie said in the interview, and of course you guys will hear it in just a little bit, when she talks about now this year she wants to know what the team is doing. She wants that pressure. She wants to know what she has to do to make sure that her team wins. I think that's such a cool growth to see of somebody who's probably as a freshman and sophomore doesn't want to know. Just let me play my game. Let me try to do my best, focus on what I can focus on and what I can control. But now she has become that leader of the team. She wants the pressure. She wants to know that, okay, I can't blow up here. I need a six if we're going to advance, and boom. What does she do? Gets a six. Of course, she would have loved to par it and win the championship yeah. at the regionals, but still, she knew exactly what she could do to make sure her team advanced, and that's what's important to her. And she's able to put it on her back, and I think that's such an awesome thing to see a young lady grow and be able to do. Well, yeah, and it, that's exactly what she had to do in that final hole. Um, she was tied for first in the mm-hmm. team standings. Uh, and you, obviously, you want to be the medalist. You want to sure. win a regional championship. But she knew that for her team to advance – she couldn't have a big score in that hole. So she took it easy. She wasn't worried about her own accolades and winning the regional championship. Sure, she wanted to, but she knew that she couldn't post a big number because that would have then well, brought Missouri-St. Louis back into the mix. And so uh, she finished second. Uh, freshman Megan Myron uh, finished 11th overall. Uh, Julia Sanchez, another freshman. She jumped four spots in the final standings with her f- final round 78. And then Arna Kristen's daughter and Maria Solpo's uh, uh, Came in uh, 31st and 32nd. So overall, a great team effort. Uh, they did what they needed to do uh, to advance to the NCAA championships, which will be played in Michigan at the TPC of Michigan course in Dearborn. So Katie gets to conclude her collegiate career 
uh, in her own backyard, which yeah. is going to be special. Her family's going to be able to get there and watch her play. Um, and she's a legitimate threat to win the NCAA championship as an individual. I mean, she is, uh, you know, going for a third All-American honor. Um, she's ranked among the leaders in, in scoring average nationally. And so when you, when you take into the, you know, we, we asked her a little bit about uh, the weather, you know, uh, you're going to see some Florida golfers come up here that haven't golfed in temperatures under 70 degrees. Uh, yeah. And so some inclement weather, you know, obviously you want to play golf in nice weather, but uh, some cooler temperatures might not hurt Katie as much. No, and sometimes, you know, with those golf teams that come from the south that are obviously getting to play all year round and they're in their mode, you know, having some – adversity for them of having to wear long sleeves, which maybe they haven't Extra, had to do, having layers. to deal with the wind, yeah. having to deal with some stuff that they don't normally have to deal with, you know, that, that gives you a chance, muck it up a little bit, see what happens, yep. and, and, and makes them maybe not play their best. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that. Either way, congratulations to the women's golf team on another fantastic run to the national tournament. The men's golf team just teed off here as we're doing this podcast today. So we'll give you a little update. We'll give you a preview of that a little bit later on in the show. And then next week we'll tell you how they did. Of course, you can always follow GVSULakers.com or at GVSUGolf on social media for up-to-the-minute updates of how they do it. I, it was funny. You know, you mentioned how we were nerve-wrackingly checking the computer. I think yesterday during the middle of like the heart of the finish there, Tim, you were sitting at your desk. I was at my desk. Both of our GAs were at their desks. And our just student intern was at his desk. All of us just hitting refresh <laughs> every three seconds to see if those scores popped up. And if yours popped up first, oh, we moved up a stroke, or, oh, we lost a stroke. <laughs> Everyone all of a sudden refreshing to see what happened. So yeah. it was really cool uh, to follow that all the way through. And, uh, of course, the women do indeed pull it out. Elsewhere in GVSU athletics, another championship season has come to a close. The GVSU women's soccer team claimed a GLIAC tournament championship victory. They went 3-0 and on the week, 6-3. to They beat Michigan Tech in the quarterfinals. Then they had to go to Ferris State. The Lakers were the number four seed, Ferris State, by going undefeated in the regular season. Of course, the Lakers and Bulldogs did not play in the regular season, but Ferris State was the regular season champs. They earned the right to host, so Grand Valley had to go to Ferris State on Friday. They pulled out a one nothing win. Kennedy Bearden scoring in the seventh minute was all the Lakers needed. There was howling winds up in Big Rapids, blowing right towards one of the goals. The Lakers were into the win the first half. They were still able to get that goal and then uh, able to avoid the wind for the rest of that half. They really just honestly played the ball out of bounds as much as they could, basically just playing against the clock, waiting for it to hit zero so they'd have the wind at their back in the second half. And then they were able to uh, survive that as well as Ferris State gave it a little push towards the end. But the Lakers had enough to withstand them. And then they go on to Sunday's championship match and beat Northern Michigan again, an early goal. Ava Cook, who some might say got snubbed as the GLIAC Offensive Player of the Year. She uh, definitely put her stamp on it. Carolyn Hallinan, who was the GLIAC Offensive Player that was on that Wildcat team. She didn't take a shot in the game. Meanwhile, Ava Cook records two goals. So a little bit of a uh, thank you very much on their way out the door. But the Lakers clinched their 14th consecutive GLIAC Tournament Championship. And I know we've talked about it a lot, Tim, but just two regular season games played in the entire month of April. All the COVID layoffs, all the isolations, the quarantines, players having to play different positions, several players not available to them at different points throughout the year, including during that GLIAC tournament. I was just so impressed with what Coach Hostler and his team were able to do to pull out that tournament title. And, uh, you know, obviously they won a national championship in 2019, and that's super sweet. This one felt just as sweet for all those different reasons that I just mentioned. I think with all the adversity this team faced throughout the year, it makes these championships even, like you said, more special because they did face so much, you know, in terms of COVID and not playing for basically a month um, and then not having a full roster to draw from, which in soccer, is that that's part of what Grand Valley State draws on is their depth and quality depth. 
and you just keep running quality players out there, you wear their team down, and you know that that's how they play. Well, you didn't have that. You had literally 16, 17 players, and you know your starters were playing the entire game, and yep. that's something that we haven't done in the past. I mean, you've always been able to bring that, you know, right before the half, you give them an extra rest, and so this team played through a lot of adversity um, throughout the year, and uh, they just kept plugging along. Got you know, and once they got everybody ba you know, back in terms of that was able to play, right? Um, they just continued to progress, and, and they figured out new ways to invent themselves and how to play. Yep. It, it wasn't the same wide-open game, obviously, because you didn't have that ability to press forward for an entire 90 minutes. And so they figured out new ways to play and how, just how to win games, and that's what they did. Exactly. You, you don't see the ball played in the midfield or the other team possessing quite as much as we did this week. The Lakers had to defend. They had to win balls in their own defensive third, which they very rarely have to do because teams are never there with the ball. But that's what they had to do this week, and they were able to step up and get it done. And I thought everybody really did play their role. I mean, a, a big tip of the cap, Seth Steinwasher was unbelievable. Uh, you know, she's a center back, three-time All-American center back. Well, to beat Michigan Tech on Tuesday, they needed her to play attacking mid. What does she do? She scores a goal and dishes three assists. The Lakers win at 6-3. to three. Then you go play Ferris State, who's more of a possession team. They're going to play you straight. They have all, the, all of their pieces. They had no adversity throughout this year in terms of players being out or having to miss games or anything like that. So she comes back to her center back role, plays a true center back, along with Abby Willerer, Brooke Russell. They did an outstanding job. And the outside backs, of course, Sydney O'Donnell Mia Hansen were fantastic as well. But just, just awesome to see what they were able to do. And then uh, Jeff talked about it a lot, but the growth of Lauren Ross was awesome. You're talking about a girl who barely played her freshman and sophomore year. Got a little more, more minutes as a reserve her junior year. Then here she's not taking her fifth year because of the COVID rule. She's graduating this semester. So this was her final time playing soccer. And to see what she did, I think she played all but 10 minutes of the entire GLIAC tournament at holding mid, which is super important to the way the Lakers play and the way that they transition the ball. And she was named the GLIAC tournament MVP which is just awesome to see a kid's career go that way. And we talked about the growth of Katie Chipman to see that same thing for Lauren Ross and to see when one of the nicest girls you'll ever meet, just wanted the team to win, never cared about individual accolades right. at all. To see her step up the way she did was awesome to see. So congratulations to women's soccer. They are GLIAC tournament champions for the 14th time in a row. By the way, our little stat of the week for you, this is the first time someone that was not the number one seed won the GLIAC women's soccer tournament in GLIAC history. So a little... Historical season for Grand Valley State in a number of ways, and there you go. Well, Baseball, meanwhile, oh, you got something well, No, more? I mean, they were able to play that underdog role. When's yep. the last time a, a Grand Valley State soccer team played as an underdog? I mean, in terms of they were, the pressure of winning maybe in their own mind was on them, yep. but in everybody else's mind it was like, oh, well, there's a chink in the, in the armor of Grand Valley State soccer. They're the four seed. You know, I mean, no question. And, and I think it was maybe, you know, the girls were able to take that chip on their shoulder and use it to – to their advantage for the first time in their careers, really. Yeah, we always talk about how hard it is to BGV because everyone mm -hmm. sees the, the Grand Valley logo. They want to beat us. They, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, you could finally flip that on its other end this time, and it worked out just fine. So, again, women's soccer, GLIAC tournament champions. Elsewhere on the baseball diamond, the Lakers went on the road to Davenport, got a split with the Panthers and uh, for a baseball team that had played just four games in the last month, to see them turn around and get two wins right off the bat against a very talented Panther team was awesome to see. Well, exactly, and, you know, they are, have faced the same adversity as soccer has faced. Um, at Wisconsin Parkside, you're playing without your f starting first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, and an outfielder. Well, you were missing your top five guys in your lineup. Yeah. You were pulling guys <laughs> in that hadn't played baseball in a long time. And, and you know, just to, you know, you know, 
to go two and two with that lineup literally at, at Wisconsin Parkside was, you know, kind of a win. I know you don't want to say that, but and then they were playing Davenport, who was probably the league favorite. I mean, talented from top to bottom. Haven't you know, they haven't faced any adversity in terms of uh COVID all year. I mean, right. they've had their entire lineup. Um, and so the Lakers pick up two one-run victories at Davenport, uh, five-four and seven-six in the, the first two games. Lose a tough one, five to two. It was you know Davenport scored two runs late, but that was a one-run game. And then in, in the last game, uh, the Lakers lost twelve-eight, but still you know it was a high-scoring battle. But Grand Valley State pulled it. Uh, it was nine-eight, and then Davenport scored a couple runs in that in that inning. Lakers have a chance in that final inning. Got the first two uh, runners on, and the wind was blowing out. Um, but again, that team competed every inning of every game, and that's what you want to see. Now this week, finally getting their bodies back. You're going to see uh, Ryan Blake Jones back. You're going to see Kate Stanton, Christian Faust, who had an unbelievable weekend, coming literally hadn't faced any live pitching, and, and you know he, he triples his first at bat, goes three for three in, in the first game, and, did, and just provided leadership for that team. So uh, they're getting everybody back. Uh, you know, facing uh, a very good Ashland team at home, in which we talked about. We haven't played any home games. Well, I take that back. We played two home games. We played Tiffin and and a home one and home. game. Yeah, home and home. Two at two at Tiffin on Saturday. One at home on Sunday, and then we played Spring Arbor. Uh, COVID cost this team uh, two series that were supposed to be at home. So literally every league series has been on the road, with the exception of Ashland this weekend, who's one of the top teams in the league. So uh, you, you you feel bad for those seniors. You know, you want to play some home games and you want to play some. You know. Uh, some games in the field that you practice on every day. Uh, but they're going to get that opportunity this weekend against Ashland, and it'll be a good series, and I know they're looking forward to it. Yep, they'll be back at home. It'll be awesome. I'm excited to uh, dust off the old play-by-play hat to do yep. some uh, baseball broadcasting this weekend. We'll have all four games for you on the Grand Valley Sports Network if you want to check that out. Senior Day is celebrated on Sunday for them. And speaking of senior days, the track and field team honored their senior class during their two-day meet this past weekend. The Lakers had some really impressive performances as well. Judith Esamaya set a new record in the women's hammer throw of 64.21. Also saw some really good performances. Isaac Harding and Ellie Kimes were both honored nationally for their performances. And the Lakers uh, getting a few more athletes qualified for the nationals that will be right back here in Allendale later on in the month. And I think that was one of those things, too. They ran some very late races to avoid the wind you know Katie talks about it when she talks about you know at between 1 and 5 p.m. winds are always howling at the golf course where they're doing the same thing on the track as well so they push those long runs to late in the evening to avoid the wind and it turned into some really impressive performances that got a lot of Lakers qualified for nationals I was out there and it was amazing because the coaches were looking at their phones they're looking at the weather updates and I'm out there telling Jerry there's no chance this wind is dying down. It was 7.30. The wind was howling. He goes, nope, nope, 8, 8.30. It says it's going to die down to three, you know, three miles. I said, whatever. Nope, okay, <laughs> okay, Mr. Doppler, it's not happening. The wind was howling. And it kind of just dissipated a little bit and a little bit more. Ah, oh, there's a chance. Sun went down. Holy smokes. The wind stopped. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, and they were able to get their races in. And, I mean, they had athletes from all over the country there, West Texas A&M, California. Um, they had kids from all over the, that came, came in because they knew it was a talented field for those dis- distance events they were running, and they were going to be able to run, run fast. I'm sure there were some coaches at, like, 7 o'clock going, what the heck is going on? Yeah, if, this, if we're waiting around for this long, it better work. <laughs> it better work because the wind was howling. But uh, Coach Baltus and Coach Watson knew what they were doing, and they were able to run those events uh, with very little wind and cool temperatures 
made for fast times. Yes, it did. So the Lakers, impressive on the track. They will be at Davenport this week for the GLIAC Championships. Those are going on right now. So you can make sure to check out gvsulakers.com for all the coverage links and updates as the track and field outdoor championships unfold here over the next couple of days. Softball, meanwhile, clinched a regular season championship in the GLIAC. Congratulations to Dana Callahan and her GVSU softball team. And what a way to clinch at least a share. The Lakers went into the weekend. They had Purdue Northwest and then Davenport on Friday and Saturday. Going into Friday, they knew they needed one win to clinch a share and two wins to clinch the outright championship. What does Hannah Biotis do? She goes out and throws the 23rd no-hitter recorded in GBSU history in Game 1 to clinch a GLIAC championship. I just thought that was super cool and very impressive for her. And She's been so close a few times this year. She had two one-hitters, a two-hitter. One of those one-hitters was on the road and... Coach kind of thought it could have been an error, but, you know, the home team gave him a hit. Yep. And there was a kind of similar tweener one here as well. There was a, a hard-hit ground ball right at third base, a little bit of a hard move. Could have called it a hit if you wanted, but it was an error, and we get, went that way. You know, you, you know, you always say, oh. you have to earn your first hit. Yep. That certainly wouldn't have felt like an earned first hit. So uh, that was the only real potential blemish on Hannah, but it was definitely an error, and Hannah did an outstanding job, and she gets the undefeated streak through the glee. Actually went 15-0 and this year in GLIAC play, which is just unbelievable to think about. No one could beat her, and she gets all those wins, and she helps the Lakers clinch the uh, regular season championship for the fourth straight year as uh, they swept Purdue Northwest, then swept Davenport, came back for a Saginaw Valley makeup doubleheader on Tuesday. So started at 2 p.m. I don't think the first game got done until oh. 4.30, but boy, was it worth the wait. Ten innings of no-run baseball, or softball, excuse me. They get two the 10th inning, so then they go to the tiebreaker right. rule, put the runner on second base. I don't know why they wait till the 10th, but I digress. Yeah. So they go to the second runner on second base with nobody out, mind you. So Saginaw, of course, bunts the runner over to third, runner at third with one out. An error allows the run to score, so it's already going to be an unearned run. Now it's an unearned, unearned run that comes across for Saginaw. Right. They get the lead. The Lakers then in the bottom of the inning do the exact same thing. Joanna Centroni bunts the runner over to third, but the Lakers then got a base hit to bring home the tying run, and then a couple of batters later uh, with two on. Well, let's, and Let's go into the whole, the whole I, thing. I was, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's, let's slow it down. Yeah. Okay, let's break down the situation. Let's, take, let, let, let's put our coaching hats on. Okay, let's talk about this. So the, there's a base open. Or there's two bases open. Excuse me, there's a runner at third. A runner at second now. Runner at second. Me. So runner at second after the base hit that brought home the tying run. Lydia Goebel's coming to the plate. Sitting on deck is the league leader in batting average, RBIs, and third in home runs. Now, don't get me wrong. Lydia had two hits to that day. She's probably a first-team All-Gliac player this year as well. She was the Gliac Freshman of the Year mm -hmm. in 2019. Outstanding she player. Has, she has a lot of pop. Outstanding player. She has a lot of pop. But Nakoma Holman's waiting on deck. I don't know if I would intentionally walk anyone to get to Nakoma Holman, but that's exactly what happens. Nakoma was 0 for 4 that day, and they seem to have figured something out in her that they were going to be able to get her out again. So they tried to go back to the well, and Nakoma, well. Went to the well. She went deep. <laughs> she went over the fence in left center, an absolute no-doubter off the bat. The team was sprinting out of the dugout, basically on contact. Oh, it was gone. Knowing that, that ball was going to hit the scoreboard out in left center field. And it was her eighth home run of the year. The walk-off, the Lakers win it 4-1. to one. 
That snapped a Saginaw Valley eight-game winning streak. By the way, they were surging. The Lakers get that win. Then they turn around in game two and win that one four to two as well. So the Lakers finish the season on a very strong note with three doubleheader sweeps over the weekend, clinching a GLIAC regular season championship. They'll be the one seed at next week's GLIAC tournament. Well, it was it was funny because I was I was staying there with a couple of uh, other individuals as we're watching this whole thing transpire. And when they walked Lydia, I was like, okay, well. Probably gonna walk in a coma. You're gonna walk in a coma, and you're gonna load the bases, putting a little pressure on 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 your pitcher to throw strikes because you know a walk wins the game. And then when she walked up, I was like, "They're gonna pitch to her. They're not gonna pitch. They're not gonna walk her." And I was, I I looked at the other two gentlemen I was standing there with. I go, "Not sure I'd do that, and I'm not sure this is gonna end well for the old Cardinals." Well, it ended well. It went well for the Lakers, and not for the Cardinals. And so, uh, yeah, it was amazing when I watched. As as soon as she, the ball hit, bat hit ball. That was like, that's gone. Yep. That was a uh, no-doubter over the scoreboard. Uh, so what a great thing for Nakoma. Uh, senior, uh, last regular season, well, second to last regular season home game. Right. Uh, they're on the field. Obviously, the Lakers are going to go to the Gleick tournament and host the regional. But what a great experience for her. She's been an unbelievable player for her four years Which, here. by the way, so they celebrated senior day on Saturday because yep. that was the last scheduled regular mm-hmm. season home game. It was a Saturday, easier for parents to get to, yada, yada, yada. On the second game, so they did the ceremony between games. In the second game, the Lakers had a 12-run fourth inning to go up 12-2. to two. Should have been a mercy rule victory right after the yep. top of the fifth. Davenport rallies, give them credit. They score four runs, all with two outs, to extend the game because it's eight after right. five. So they get back within six. Bottom of the inning, the Lakers get a couple on for Nakoma. What does she do? Double into left center, scores two for a walk-off mercy rule win. So she had a walk-off hit in her senior day second game, and then turns around against Saginaw and a legit walk-off where you needed it to win in uh, the first game on Tuesday. So really cool for her, and she's just been that clutch player her entire career. But still really cool to see her come and do that in her final week as a Laker playing in the regular season. And she's hot at the right time, let's put it that way, going into the GLIAC and then potential NCAA tournament, which the Lakers will probably be in regardless of what happens next week but so a lot of really good success this week all across laker athletics that was awesome to see Uh, it's time now to get to our guest interview i would imagine as we got katie chipman on tap so make sure you tune in for that should be a fun conversation we really enjoyed it hope you do as well our guest interview as always brought to you by coors light distributed locally by alliance beverage all right here she is fifth year senior golfer for the lakers katie chipman and with that, we welcome on the three-time GLIAC champion, Katie Chipman, coming fresh off qualifying for the national tournament after finishing in third place at the East Regional. Katie, congratulations on advancing to nationals once again. How was the weekend for you? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it was a great few days. It was a lot of fun. Um, course was in great condition, and um, the weather wasn't as expected as worse as it was supposed to be. So um, team pulled through and it was close race coming down the stretch, but pulled it out with three shots to make it to nationals. Seemed like everybody had some inflated scores on that third day. What was different about the course or was the weather kind of messing with you guys? What was the difference for everybody that day? Um, I would say um, maybe just the pressure of knowing and really wanting to qualify um there are some pin locations that definitely made it a little bit tougher the wind was definitely picking up I mean everyone did play the same condition same course but it was it was definitely challenging um I found some 
difficult stretches coming down seven through nine, the whole stretch. Um, ended up doubling nine, which put me back to even, I think. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the wind was definitely swirling, picking up. It was difficult making club selections and all of that, but I'm really proud of um, everyone fighting through to the finish and everyone did the best that they could. So I'm really proud of this Team 13. Katie, how much do you know out there? Like, you know what you're doing. How much do you know what your, where you stand team-wise in a situation like that and what your teammates are doing? Because obviously you're all on, on different holes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Megan, my, one of my freshmen, she has played in, um, played in front of me the past day one through day three. So I could kind of see, like, if she was making putts, if she was, dropping some good birdie putts if she was sticking it to the pin because I'm only a hole behind. So that that's kind of fun to see. Um, other than that, in previous years, I would say I'd like rarely ask coach like score-wise what everyone was at. But I started asking that um, probably this year, just coming down the stretch and what did we need to do? Do I Can I not blow up right now? Like, do I have to stay in it? Um, so I did ask that. Uh, she started walking with me on hole 14. I was like, how's the team doing? And I just knew to kind of stay in it and and keep fighting because um, I did find out that some of the girls were struggling. But um, so, yeah, I think it was it was a fun stretch of holes. It definitely made it more challenging. Um, but I was I was up for the fight and I ended up birding a couple coming in and then just that unfortunate bogey to to lose the title. But it was a great learning experience and I liked the higher pressure knowing that we didn't have too many shots that we could mistake. So I did know almost where everyone was at. And then I obviously knew where I was at. So it makes it ch more challenging and puts the pressure on, but it's part of the, part of the game. Clearly you've learned to handle that pressure. What are the conversations usually like with coach when you're on the golf course in a tournament setting like that? Um, Probably in between shots, we try and keep it a little more chill. Um, I don't like – I try to not be too serious, like, the whole entire four-and-a-half, five-hour rounds. You just can't do that. And I try to be a lighthearted person just in between shots. Right before, we usually gather all of our info that we need, get a club selection. She usually gives me, like, a little – like swing thought right before just like swing free like be confident like just small stuff like that and we work really well together I like when she comes and walks with me and she, I think she did it the past I think she was with me every day almost the ending couple holes so it was a lot of fun when you're paired with two other golfers from different schools do you guys have any conversations back and forth is there like some joking going on what do you guys do do you try to like get in their heads how does that work um, I mean, no, we don't really try and get in each other's heads. I mean, um, but yeah, there's definitely just like small conversations. Um, I mean, I've been here for five years and I played with a couple of the other teams from Indian in Finley and, uh, one of their players is also a fifth year. So we've just gotten to know each other and just are comfortable. Like we just compliment each other's game. Someone hits a really good shot. You say great shot, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then there's definitely some small talk in between. Uh, like, if you haven't played with that person in a while, just kind of what they're doing, if they're taking a fifth year, if they're not, 
they're getting a master's. Um, yeah, kind of just stuff like that. Or I don't know, you just become friends over the years. Now for you, uh, this is kind of a homecoming, obviously. Uh, the NCAA championships are going to be at TPC of Michigan. And you're from uh, the east side of the state. Talk about finishing your collegiate career kind of in your own backyard. Yeah, it's definitely – it might be a little weird because we're always used to traveling out of state for this national tournament. Um, and I've never played TPC Dearborn, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of things about it. It can be challenging, very placement, golf course. Um, and I'm pretty sure we just found – I found out the yardage. We're not playing it super long, and that by the sounds of it, it doesn't need to be super long to be challenging fairways and greens are the key to this course that I've heard. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's in my backyard in Michigan, um, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We can have a lot of family support there. Um, our, our team can have a chance to come watch a few days. So just all the added support and knowing it's <clears throat> right here in Michigan is going to be pretty fun. So you've never played TPC Dearborn. What's your favorite course that you played growing up before you got to Grand Valley? Obviously, we know it's the Meadows now, but what was it other than the Meadows? Um, my uncle actually used to work up at Pilgrim's Run Golf Course. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. It's out in the woods, no houses, so quiet and peaceful, and the course is always in great, great shape. So I've, <clears throat> I've loved that course probably since I was in – like early years of high school, right when I got into golf. So, well, now you obviously play the Meadows a lot. So, for a couple of hack golfers like ourselves, and for some of our listeners that uh, might need some tips, give us some advice for how to play the Meadows the right way. Um, have a few golf balls on hand <laughs> in case the heather is up. Um, but when the heather's down, swing free and pick a small target off the tee. That always helps me. Like, you have a massive fairway pick one small target, like aim at a small tree, smaller your target, smaller your mess is what I have learned. Um, and the greens, they're normally firm. So play for the bounce if they are firm. Sometimes they're soft and they hold. Um, yeah, watch the wind. It's very windy out there, always. Oh, yeah. If you want less wind, play in the morning. <laughs> There's always, or at like 6 p.m. because anywhere from 1 to 5, you're going to get, 20 mile an hour winds that's normal <laughs> um yeah small targets off the tee i'm gonna take that advice i am well you know i i've personally never played an honest round of golf in my entire life so i've always used a foot wedge drop another ball so i mean do you hold it against those individuals when you're playing against them um i mean if it's not in a tournament hey do it <laughs> <laughs> So uh, going in, into the NCAA championships, now you're obviously you've played in, in, in with, with weather you, your entire career in the north. I mean, it's a, very rarely is it nice to play golf when your collegiate season is actually going on. So do you wish for kind of some, some uh, inclement weather uh, for the NCAA championships? Because you have teams from all over the country coming in, especially from those warm weather states. Um, I might not wish for it, but if it does happen, like a few rain days, I guess, maybe other teams from the South aren't used to it. Plus there's bent grass up here and they play Bermuda all year round. So that's just a big change, not huge, but it's definitely different 
with shots around the green and coming out of the rough and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't say I wish for rain because, I mean, I get used to playing in it and you just kind of take on the challenge, but no, no rain would be nice, I guess, but. Maybe, maybe some cooler temperatures or no? Mm, Michigan's already pretty cold right now. I think the high today is like 48. So. Yeah, it's not exactly a great golfing day, that's for sure. Yeah, if it could warm up, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, you've had a great career at GBSU. How did you wind up getting here? What was the recruiting process? How did Grand Valley get on your radar? Um, I would say the biggest thing that helped me to come to Grand Valley was going to their high school camp. They could see me practice, see me hit on the range. Uh, I think we played close to 18 holes the last day of camp. So they just, I think that's kind of how I got on their radar. I was pretty late in the game to all the recruiting process. Um, I think I was only looking at two or three other schools. And I just really liked the location of Grand Valley. The team was awesome when I came for the official visit. And at camp too, there were boatloads of fun. Um, I knew the course, uh, I liked the course. Coach was amazing. She knew her stuff. Um, I would say camp is kind of how I got on their radar, mostly. So. Were you always planning on playing college golf or was that kind of like a late in the process thing? Because it sounds like you weren't looking too hard at schools all over the place. You're pretty specific. Yeah. Um, I would say probably my junior year of high school when I started getting more into it, I kind of figured I wanted to play in college more like I didn't want me to stop in high school so maybe that's when I can't really remember it's been so long <laughs> um, yeah, you fit your seniors you're getting old I know 22 it's insane um I think junior year of high school is kind of when I started reaching out to to schools and then by my senior year fall I committed to GB what, what's your experience been like? Obviously, you've had a ton of success, but what's it been like being with this team, being with coach, being at this school? How's it been for you? Um, grateful, like insanely grateful. The experiences that we get um, day in and day out, and then each each year I've been here is just um, very, very fun and very cool. The places we get to see, I never would have been able to travel to all the fun states and sightsee and stuff like that and play all the fun courses that we have without GV athletics and this women's golf program. So um, I think grateful would be the word. I've had some amazing years here, amazing tournaments and um, great teammates over the five years. So, and also couldn't thank coach and all my assistant coaches that I've had throughout the years. Um, I've learned so much from them. It's a really great experience that I will look back on for continuing my golf career. So educationally wise, what are you studying? What's the uh, professional goals? I obviously it'd be great if you could keep playing golf professionally, but outside of that, what's the backup plan? Um, I did get my undergrad in sport management. I graduated last April officially. So that was nice. Congrats. <laughs> and thank you. And then I came back for a double major in ad and PR. So those classes have been helpful if I ever wanted to continue with my professional career, um, just learning how to market myself and whatnot and kind of learning the backside of that. Um, if golf doesn't happen for me, I think just continuing a path down sports, it's been my life for as long as I can remember. I love it. 
I like being around it. Um, coaching kind of interests me. I feel like that would that'd be a fun route. Um, otherwise, just working for a sports program or something like that. Awesome. Well, hopefully the professional golf thing works out. You can get us some passes. We can come watch it. Uh, the, all those courses out there. Maybe you'll wind up at the uh, Meyer Simply Give tournament someday out in Blythefield. That'd be awesome. But uh, it'd be great talking to you, Tim. You got any other questions? No. Oh, great job. Good luck at the NCAA championships. Great. Thank you so much. That interview with Katie Chipman was brought to you by Coors Light, distributed locally by Alliance Beverage. Coors Light reminding you to drink responsibly. The Anchor Up podcast is also brought to you in part by NovaCare, the official physical therapy provider of GVSU Athletics, by PNC Bank, the official bank of GVSU Athletics, PNC Bank, for the achiever in you. It's brought to you by Earhart Construction, right from the start, by Homewood Suites Grand Rapids. Enjoy all the comforts of home at the only extended stay hotel in downtown Grand Rapids. It's also brought to you by Uccellos, where great food and sports come together, by DTE Energy, Know Your Own Power, by Mervine beverage reminding you to drink responsibly and brought to you in part by fox motors and tim we got a couple of tips now on how to play the uh the meadows i like that small target yeah Uh, that was a pretty good advice i never really thought of it that way but you know small target small miss i I still think i'll have some pretty big misses but you know we'll see what happens i i she would be fun to golf with oh yeah i mean other than being intimidated because i was gonna say oh geez but Kate, I don't think she'd enjoy Katie, playing golf with Katie's us. Katie's not that individual. She she can she's gonna laugh at you, but you're yeah. gonna feel good about it because I mean she, she's on a different planet than you and I in terms of golf. And so I really think she would be fun to golf with because she has such a lighthearted personality, and she'd laugh at your shot, and she'd laugh at at the nine or ten shots I'm taking right. per hole. Um, now we might hold her up, and it might actually hurt her game a little bit right. because she'd be like. Let's go. Enough You've already. You've the club five times. I'm, still, <laughs> I'm trying to get to my ball on the green. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. But what a great personality. What a great individual. And she has a future in professional golf, no doubt about it. Uh, she's one of the top golfers in Division Two, And she will have an opportunity to uh, take her success that she's had the last five years and move on to the pro- professional ranks. I think it's also really cool that she's taken some classes to kind of learn how to promote herself and how to do some stuff that'll help with her marketing and do a little bit of that personal professional development as well. That's really forethought and just like everything else you'd imagine with Katie Chipman, just really, really a smart game plan. And the Lakers have had professional golfers in the the past. Uh, um, uh, um, Kelly Hardigan, um, Shipley, um, Gabrielle Shipley. And so, you know, there's that history in terms of there's already a roadmap for it, yep. and she can c- just continue to uh, walk down that road. She sure can. Speaking of walking down the road, we got to look at what's coming up this week here in GVSU Athletics. Our uh, upcoming schedule is brought to you by Ziegler Automotive. Softball is at the GLIAC Tournament this week. They'll be the one seed down in Sandusky, Ohio. Two fields. The Lakers will be playing probably on field one for much of it, I'd imagine, as the one seed. But there are still plenty of makeup games to be played this weekend, so not quite sure who the seedings will be down at the bottom. It looks like Ferris State is going to be out of the tournament, just looking at the standings. Purdue Northwest has four games left to play, and Ferris actually did sweep Saginaw yesterday in a doubleheader to give themselves a chance. But uh, Purdue Northwest, I think even if they lose all four, just going by percentage points, they'll still be slightly ahead of Ferris State. So I think every, I think the field is set. The seedings are just yet to be determined. But either way, make sure you follow at GVSU Softball and go to GVSULakers.com for all the coverage. The first pitch of the GLIAC tournament is Tuesday at 10 a.m. And one more reminder that I will have the call from Field 1 down for the entire 
GLIAC softball tournament. I'm really excited for that as well. Thanks to the GLIAC for trusting me to uh, bring the tournament to life. I did the baseball tournament a few years ago. That was a ton of fun, and it'll be uh, fun again this year with the softball diamond. So that comes your way next Tuesday through Thursday. Make sure you check it out. That softball, what they've got in store. And then, of course, the next week they're hosting the Midwest Regional, regardless of if they're the number one seed or not. Baseball is home versus Ashland this week, Tim. And like you uh, alluded to earlier, what's it going to be like when – the Lakers get to play at home. My gosh, it's a it's gonna be a weird <laughs> weird event for them. I'm, I mean, they're they're always used to going to that visitors dugout. Hopefully, right. they, hopefully they don't stop at that first base dugout <laughs> and thinking, oh, like smokes, because that's what we've been doing all year. Um, but it'll, it'll be fun. A great group of seniors playing their full, final series at home against an outstanding team in Ashland. And you know, we, we've talked about the Gleak standings the entire year. Um, the field is set for the Gleak tournament. Uh, it's just a matter of seating. Now, there's such a discrepancy between the number of games the uh, some teams have played. There's going to be, at the, at the end of the deal, it's going to be eight games between um, the, the teams that got in all their games and Grand Valley, who's only going to get in 20 games. Right. Um, just based on the, uh, the availability, uh, we'll just leave it at that, of teams to play and teams that uh, are not willing to make games up, yep. which is, uh, and, they're, and they're right, I guess. So, it's their prerogative. Um, so, you know, uh, Ryan Blake-Jones, uh, senior, outstanding first baseman. It, you know, he'll be playing his last game for the Lakers at home. Uh, excited for him. He's really starting to come back into his own. And the Lakers, like, like I alluded to before, will get their full lineup back on the field, which would be nice for them guys. Yep, it'll be fun to watch. And, again, that will be on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Meanwhile, right down the road at the GVSU Outdoor Track and Field and Lacrosse Complex, the GLIAC Women's Lacrosse Tournament comes this weekend. First games are tomorrow. Friday, the semifinals, the Lakers will take on the Ashland Eagles. And then in the other one, the Davenport Panthers taking on Northern Michigan. The winners of those two games will meet on Sunday for the championship at noon. So the GLIAC lacrosse tournament coming here. The Lakers, the regular season champions. They had a couple of really good battles with Davenport this year. So the, they won both of them, but the third one could be a lot of fun as well. And the Lakers, who are right now, they just released the last round of the weekly rankings. The Lakers are on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament, but... Interestingly enough, Davenport comes in as the five seed in the region. So as you look at the way things break down, if the Lakers have three wins as the four seed over the five seed, is that enough to maybe push them into consideration to jump Regis? We'll find out, but either way, the Lakers looking to close their season on a strong note, win a GLIAC tournament championship at home. That'll be great for those seniors wrapping up their careers. And of course, it's a very young team all the way through as well. But to, to have that opportunity to close it out at home, Again, it's been such a tough year. They've had some cancellations to deal with. They've had some adversity. It'd be awesome to see them come through and uh, pull out a GLIAC championship through it all as well and hopefully maybe give them a chance to get the NCAA tournament bid as well. Well, they picked up a game. You know, there are some games they lost due to COVID. Mm -hmm. They took it upon themselves to pick up games and go play, go challenge themselves with, yep. against Roberts uh, Wesley in New York. Yep. And, um, you know, they played a top 20 team. They didn't have to do that. But, nope. but they – saw fit and wanted to play that's what the kids are here to do they're here to play games and uh which by the way roberts wesleyan right now is the three seed in, in their, their region so exactly. they took a big chance by yes. playing the lakers as well because so, if grand valley wins that they're probably on the outside yeah. looking in in their region so yep. both teams taking a chance just getting a game in i think that's really really admirable for two Absolutely. programs that want to play high-quality lacrosse, want to challenge themselves, not going to take the easy route to confirm that they're going to have just one loss or keep themselves in position to make the NCAA tournament. No, go play games. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. See where you are. Do your best. The Lakers had a tough road swing that week as well. They jammed like four games into six days or traveling like 2,000 well, miles or something. Two games in the UP. Yep. Come back home, drive to New York to play a game there, 
on a Thursday. Yep. Down to Ashton, Ohio to play the Eagles. Yep. A couple games. So five games and you can't get for Oh, and then I mean, Davenport on Tuesday. Yeah, and Davenport on Tuesday. You're exactly right. And so UP of Michigan to New York, upstate New York. I mean, yep, just, basically just touring the Great Lakes. And they and by the way, they didn't take the boat across. No, the, they went uh, the, no. the roundabout yeah, way. They went the roundabout way. So yeah, no, but it's been a great season for them. GLIAC regular season champions, seventh time in program history for that. And now they'll have a chance for the GLIAC tournament as well this week. Best of luck to Coach Lawler and the Lakers on that side. Track and field, like we mentioned, is at the GLIAC Championships this week across town in Davenport. So make sure you check out all the coverage there. And uh, uh, some of the sports are starting to wind down. I think we're actually, Tim, in the mode right now where only traditional spring sports are yeah, playing. For the That's first the time first time since yeah. March of 2020. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. And even then, basketball was playing. Yeah. We haven't had just a spring sports season since 2019. The spring of 2019. Yep, 2019. So it's been a long time, but uh, in these programs, they waited through so much. They lost their season last year. You know, we pushed all the fall and winter sports back and bunched them all up with the spring. So it's great that they're now going to get their time to shine here in the postseason and, and get to enjoy it and get all of our full attention that they deserve. And uh, they're, they're coming through and have a chance, all of them, really have a chance to end the year in really, really spectacular fashion, all looking at postseason play, all have real – opportunities to make runs for tournament championships mm -hmm. for postseason in the NCAA berth. So uh, a lot of fun to come still in this final month of the uh, athletic school season, but uh, it's been great. So a lot coming up this week. I didn't miss anything, did I? No, we got it all. Sweet. Well, great job as always, Tim. Always fun to chat with you, and it was great, great to talk to Ch Katie. Big thanks to her for joining us here on the Anchor Up podcast, brought to you by Metro Health, the official sports medicine provider of GVSU Athletics, your health, our passion. For Tim Knott, this is Jake Levy saying so long. Enjoy some postseason coverage of spring sports this week, and we'll talk to you again next week. And as always, Anchor Up. Oh, oh, oh.